Hey, uh, just before we jump into today's episode, I I want to let you know that the special preview chapter of Calling Up is now available for download. If you are already subscribed to my weekly newsletter, you should have gotten a copy. Um, If you aren't subscribed, go to thriveonchallenge.com and subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get the link. Uh, Read it, and if you enjoy it and find it valuable, uh, my hope is that you will pre-order the book. I really believe there isn't a better coaching book out there to start the new year. So uh, thank you for checking it out. Um, thank you for supporting the book. And thank you for your continued support of this podcast. All right, you're listening to Culture Builders number 120, Why Sitting Games Isn't Enough. So I want you to consider these dilemmas. Two players on a team get into a physical or verbal altercation before practice. Uh, multiple players show up late for practices. A player skips out on practice to go to a concert with a friend. Three players have grades below the academic standards set for athletes by the school. The most talented player on your team repeatedly shows up to practice with a bad attitude and gives a poor effort. Now, all of these scenarios are real, and coaches are facing them every day. Uh, If you've read any of my articles on transformational discipline or you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know that asking, pleading, talking, or yelling are really ineffective responses at behavioral change. You know, we want our response to build character and maintain the relationship, not just bring about compliance. Now, transformational discipline requires you to discipline to teach, not just to punish. It requires you to be engaged and requires you to have meaningful discussions with the person, really to help them learn from the experience. Part of that discussion often requires a consequence. Now, the question is, what kind of consequence? Now, while there are many beneficial consequences we can use depending on the context, many creative ones that I've discussed before on previous podcasts, I think one of the most commonly overused consequences um, or misused consequences is sitting players for a game or part of a game. What does it teach? What does sitting them for the game or part of a game teach? Um, Now, I'm not arguing that this is never a beneficial consequence, just that I think it's really overused and misused. If you look at all the, if you think about all the examples um, above that I kind of gave you, right? I've spoken um, with these coaches, and they uh, use seeing the next game as a consequence. My challenge is for us to step back and really think about what's happening. A player is really failing to meet uh, a standard of behavior the team has set uh, and agreed upon that season. Like all, all these teams, right, in these situations, at some stage or another, had some conversation um, or team meeting or team retreat about acceptable behaviors. And when the player has failed to meet the standard, let's take uh, the case of the really good player with a poor attitude and effort, uh, that player continues to practice for the next few days. And then on game day, we're saying playing in games is a privilege and you've lost it. And that's good. But there's five issues with it. The first is that playing in games becomes the main privilege. The emphasis is on the game and about playing time in the game. And while this is great to emphasize this as a privilege, what about the kids who show up, work hard, have a good attitude, and they do all those things and they still don't get to play? We have some mixed signals going on here when we consistently resort back to playing time as our only consequence. Our second thing is it undermines the role of practice. It's kind of piggybacking off the last point. You know, don't we want our players to see practice as a, as a privilege and opportunity, not just the games? And if a player is late to practice and we let them practice, but we sit them the next game, 
Then we're treating practice as a requirement, not an opportunity. The third thing, third issue I have here is that we don't want to, don't we, don't we want to um, emphasize the role of the practice player and like how significant their contribution is to the team? So if a player isn't meeting the academic standard and we pull them from practices as well, now we're treating practice and playing both as privileges. Being a part of this team is a privilege, not something that they're entitled to or have to do. The fourth thing is the issue we have is the already bench player, right? Um, so what if this player that you know you, you have these issues with already isn't playing much or at all in the games? Well, now they're probably just going to say to themselves, so who cares? I wasn't going to play anyway. The last issue I have here is it's, the, it's is that it's a delayed consequence. I mean, more often than not, standards are broken during practices and a time period between the behavior and the game is too lengthy. Uh, when we delay the consequence, um, when there's that, when there's this long period uh, between the behavior and the consequence, it really loses its meaning and the teachable effect. I think we just need to think about some simple consequences. And, we, and, and while we need to be creative with our consequences, and I, I've shared many creative ways in previous episodes, um, I think simple consequences are often the most beneficial response. And so before you bench the player for a game, um, think of benching them from practice. It will leave a huge impact on them as a player. Now, that's it for today. Uh, Be sure to go to thriveonchallenge.com for more and also to get that free chapter uh, from my book, Calling Up.